Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to my sweet friend, Carly Kellerman. Carly's one of my closest friends here in Nashville, as well as one of my closest friends from when I did the World Race. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the World Race or not, but it's an 11-month mission trip that goes to 11 countries around the world, and that's how Carly and I met. That's also how my husband Carl and I met, but that is a story for another day. Carly and I traveled the world together and became instant friends, and you'll soon see why. Carly is hilarious and wise, and she's just the best girlfriend. You are going to love her. I think you're going to love today's topic, too, because today we're going to be talking about dating. Specifically, Carly's going to walk us through how to handle some of the moments that trip us up and make us the most nervous on our first few dates with someone. Today, Carly's going to talk to us about who to say yes to and who to say no to when it comes to going on a date. She'll talk to us about what to wear and what to order at a restaurant, and ugh, even just thinking about this one gives me butterflies, who pays for the meal at the end and how to handle that. She'll talk to us about the purpose of a first date and how to take off some of the pressure, how to show someone you're interested or not interested, what to do if a date doesn't go well, how to follow up after a first date, and so much more. Friends, Carly is wise and hilarious and an expert on this topic. I know you're going to love this conversation. But before we jump in, I have a new free resource I would love to share with you. So the reason I'm excited to share this episode with you is because for me throughout the years, dating was daunting. Even just thinking about talking to a guy I liked was enough to fill my stomach with butterflies and to give me totally sweaty palms. But along the way, I discovered a secret weapon that was a game changer for me in my dating life, and I would love to share it with you. It's my ultimate guide to a great first date, a complete collection of first date conversation starters that will help you feel comfortable and confident and actually enjoy the dating process. They'll help you feel less awkward and nervous when you're talking to a guy you like. They'll help you get to know your date, find out if you have things in common, is this your person? Also, I'll teach you how to bring up your faith and hear about his without feeling so weird about it. Questions will help you stand out from the crowd and make a great first impression, whether you're chatting online, on the phone, or in person over dinner. And they are also great to use on a coffee date with a new friend. One of the women who downloaded the guide recently shared it on her social media, and she told her friends, do not go on another first date until you've read this guide. This was a game changer for me, and I know it will be for you too. I love that. Friends, this guide is the perfect supplement to the conversation we're about to have with Carly. Between this guide and the wisdom Carly's about to share with us, I know you will be set up in the very best way to start really dating well and without so much fear and pressure. The best part is, this guide is totally free. Just go to stephaniemaywilson.com slash first date to pick up your copy. You can also find that link in my Instagram profile. I'm at smaywilson over on Instagram. All right, friends, you ready? Let's jump into today's episode. Here's my conversation with Carly. Friends, I am so excited for what we have going on today. This podcast is going to be, I feel like this is the ultimate girls night conversation. And so I'm so excited for what we have ahead. I'm sitting here with my real life dear friend, Carly Kellerman. Carly, do you want to take just a quick second to introduce yourself so that the girls get to kind of know who you are? I'd love to. I'm so excited to be here and have this conversation. This is very true to what our girls nights actually 
are like. So that's yeah. exciting. <laughs> Carly and I have real night, real life girls nights, yeah. like once a month or so with pizza and sweatpants and yeah. usually some champagne. Unless I'm cooking, but it's... Unless yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's a really great place to start. Let's go there. So the last time the girls' night was at my house, we ordered Pizza Hut. And it was awesome. And it was awesome. Yeah. The last time we had girls' night at Carly's house, this was the actual last time. Carly, can you just really quickly tell us what was on the menu? Sure. So we started with a homemade gazpacho topped with chives and a crema. And from there, we moved to an avocado grapefruit salad, which was drizzled with like a garlic olive oil and really flaky, crunchy sea salt. And then I made a really fresh, just mm, so juicy, bursting with flavor mango salsa to top a blackened salmon over coconut sticky rice. And I think I know the way to your heart, Stephanie, and it was my key lime pie. Okay, you guys, next level, right? Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. That was my house. So, I mean, maybe that's, I don't know what the lesson is there. Maybe that you can still host even if you're not Carly, but try to, try to find a oh. Carly and go to her house. Well, it's just, food is, food is a gift and it's a hobby and it's a love language. So that wasn't showing off though. It's just like, it's, this is how I love you. Find yourself a Carly and go to the house for dinner. <laughs> um, okay, so Carly, other than being like an unbelievable hostess and cook, tell us just a little bit more about yourself. Uh, my name is Carly Kellerman. I live here in Nashville, which is just the happiest of coincidences that Steph and I met on the World Race, and we both ended up in Nashville a few short years later. I work in Christian publishing. Um, I'm in the sales division over there, and I married. I actually have my second anniversary coming up here shortly to this really precious nerd named Jesse. I like him. <laughs> It's been fun. <laughs> I love that. Um, I love that. So, Car, you're you said it. We met when we were traveling around yeah. the world yep. on the world race, which like makes you just instant best friends. Like we we were oh. friends so quickly. You can't live through experiences like that and not just forge a lifelong bond. Yes, yeah. yes, not become each other's people. Um, so yeah, we, we met that way. Um, we have gotten to be real life friends. I feel like we dreamed about this. Yeah. We were like, can you even imagine if we lived in the same yeah. city? And here we are. We live in Nashville together, which is so much fun. And Jesus has been good. Jesus has been so yeah. good. Um, and if you guys listening are kind of having some deja vu, you have heard from Carly mm-hmm. before. Carly, you oh. were on... I'm trying to remember it might be like episode three maybe episode four ever in the podcast you were super early in the podcast and you and I were talking about um yeah seriously we were talking about the six things that we are so happy we did before we got married and it was so much fun so guys go back and listen to that you'll get to hear more from Carly but Car I'm so excited about our topic for today we're talking about dating and specifically like first dates first Mm -hmm couple dates, how we handle them, what we do, how to make them not so awkward, not so nerve wracking. And so Car, I, I love this topic and I love getting to talk to you about this specifically, because when I think of people who made dating really fun in their life, you are at the top of my list. I feel like one have so much confidence just as an an individual, I wish I could bottle it and like swallow it and then sell it to everybody. I just, I love the way that you carry yourself and just the confidence that you have in who you are and who you were created to be. And that reflected so beautifully into your dating life because I I say we're in the, just because you're not dating anymore, but like you were so charming and funny and engaging and interesting and adventurous. And those are all things that I think we really want to be true about us in dating. And you do this, like this, 
truly is like your superpower. And it's beautiful (laughs) because you get to do this in work and in all these different ways in life throughout, but it was really be confident and charming, not date in work. Yes. Okay. Just to clarify. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying. Um, but, but I feel like it's, it was such a beautiful thing to watch in dating and something that I lack. So I wasn't horrible at dating, but Mm -hmm. it made me very uncomfortable. And I think that probably the girls who are listening fall a little bit more in my camp. And so we're sitting here like at the table, like Carly teaches your ways. So to start with, I know that you, when you first moved to Nashville, you had kind of an interesting dating story and I would love to to hear it because it turned out really well. It did. At the end of the day. Yeah, it um, ended. And it was also, ending. it was really fun to watch for yeah. me. Let me say that. So tell us like, what was your mind? Where were you when you moved to Nashville? And t- tell us about that. Well, it means a lot to me, first of all, that you can call out those aspects of my dating history because that was so not my story almost until I moved to Nashville, quite frankly. I moved to Nashville for a lot of reasons. I had a job opportunity that was really the impetus, but mostly I was just so personally and spiritually and relationally frustrated. I just felt like um, I was living near my hometown in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I love being near my family, but I just felt like a fish out of water so close to the community where I grew up. And a large part of that is because that is a community that highly values and really, it doesn't push it, but like it's very normal for people to get married super young in, while they're still in college or just out of college. Like most of my girlfriends were married by 22, 24 at the very outside. So I moved away when I was 26 or 27 and that's super young in every context. But at that moment in life, I just felt completely at the end of my rope because like there weren't dating prospects for me there. And so it felt so high pressure, like everything felt so high pressure. And so dating when I was in Michigan became like a hunt and Mm. not in a pleasant way. And I couldn't relax and just enjoy myself because anytime I met somebody who felt like, oh, there's some chemistry here. And I think we have similarities that would be really compatible. I had to like clench down and be like, are you my husband? And figure it out. And I couldn't just let a relationship just like naturally and organically form. So when I moved to Nashville, I was fresh out of a situation like that with a man who's a wonderful guy. I have the utmost respect for him. He loves the Lord and he's good, good, like just the best dude, but just so not right for me. And I couldn't allow that to be true because I just kept thinking, well, if Luke's not good enough for me, then who would be? And that is a really tough environment in which to date. So when I moved down to Nashville, Oh my goodness. It was the first time of my life I was surrounded by other people who were in similar life stages as me, you know, mid to late 20s and building a career and really involved in churches and single and just having fun. And so suddenly it was like the heavens opened up and I realized like I don't need to be so stressed. There are there's so much opportunity. So I I went about it like that. I ended up downloading Hinge which was a dating app connected to Facebook. And I just was sort of like, you know what? I have nothing to lose here. Frankly, I don't have a lot of friends here yet either. So it's not like I've got a lot of um, commitments to fill my time. I'm going to hang out with some people and make some make some connections. And I did. One of my favorite things, this, like I said, this was such a fun season to watch. And I loved like how open you were in that season and how like you just sort of embraced this new city with open arms. And yeah. that was so different from the way that I came into Nashville Yeah, because I came into Nashville having been married for like, honestly, 
a week. Like yeah. we, we moved here. We moved here a couple days before our wedding, drove back down to Atlanta mm-hmm. to get married, went on our honeymoon, flew back into Atlanta from our honeymoon, drove back up here. And all of a sudden we were married and we lived in a new city. And so I was trying to get used to being a new wife. I was trying to find the grocery store. I was trying to like unpack my boxes. I was trying to like make a home. And it took me a really long time to get to know Nashville because I was just, it was just such a different season. I just was, it took me so long to like open up and embrace it and get to know it. And so for the longest time, and even now, if people are like, Stephanie, where should I eat in Nashville? Usually I call Carly, (laughs) even though like you, you, I've lived here longer than you. It's like, I feel like I showed up on the scene later than you do. You did because you embraced the city with such open arms and you went to such great restaurants and hotspots and like tried all these different things because you were getting to know all these guys and going on all these dates, which was awesome. I highly recommend dating your way through a new city. It's a great, it's a great primer. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Um, so Carly, how many first dates did you go on when you got here? Oh, what do we say? 17 dates in 17 days. I thought 10. No, no, it was 17. (laughs) That is exhausting. Well, sometimes like you would do a lunch date and then a happy hour and then a dinner. And that way you got a couple days off after. <laughs> oh my goodness. You guys, I told you Carly like went for it. Um, yeah. I love that. So somewhere along the line, you met someone special. I did. And can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I was, like I said, I was on hinge and just kind of making some fun connections and there's no point. If you're both on a dating app, there's no point to drag something out. I don't think if you both swipe whatever direction you're swiping to say, yeah, let's talk. And then you chat a little bit and there are some things about their profile that are attractive to you. And then the conversation is kind of interesting. Meet up. It makes it so much quicker and better to, to cut to the chase like that. Not out of any desperation, but just because it's efficient and that's why you're both there. So go for it. And how much can you actually learn about somebody when you're texting them? Right. You have no, you can get to know someone better that way, but not, sure. it's really hard to start that way. Well, and plus like what's worse than being chained to your phone. And like, we've all done that thing where we've been texting somebody for hours and we're like, Oh my gosh, I've covered so much. Then you go back and reread the conversation and you're like, wow, that was eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. If we just talked about this in person, eight of them. Yes. yes. So anyway, I swiped right, I guess. I don't know. Swipe, whatever. Yeah. I met Jesse right in the middle of the pack and he made me laugh right away because my picture was me um, and a baby tiger from Thailand. And the first thing he ever said to me was this message. And all he said was, I'm going to steal that tiger. And that's the funniest. If you're Stephanie's laughing right now <laughs> because she knows Jess. And that's such like a sweet, innocent, bizarre thing to say. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> but we just started chatting a little bit and he... You know, frankly, he seemed like really down to earth, really nice, like not, he wasn't, he wasn't crazy or like a dud. It was very like middle of the road, but per my, my own sort of motto, I'm like, yeah, well, let's meet up and get together. And so we were texting and we made plans to get together on Saturday. And I said to him, we were texting maybe on like Wednesday or Thursday. And I said, so what do you want to do on Saturday? And he said, that's a great question. And then we just had radio silence for like 48 hours because we both thought, well, that's an obvious opportunity for the other person to say something. (laughs) And neither of us did. So I texted him on Saturday morning and I said, 
is that a question we are going to answer? And he responded immediately and was like, oh my goodness, yes, I'm so sorry. I thought you would, uh, I, yes, I really want to hang out. I am also on my way to Santa Claus, Indiana to go to a theme park called Holiday World. So maybe we have like dinner later because we'll be home later. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Again, I feel like that was kind of like... <laughs> the extent of our conversation. Jesse says something weird and I'm like, okay. Anyway, so long story short, he texts me maybe at four and our original plan was to get together at 6.30 and he's like, hey, we're still here. I didn't think four adults would hang out at a theme park all day. And first of all, I'm like, what's your problem? But second of all- Of course you are going to. Yes. Yeah, duh. Anyway, so he's like, can, but like, I still want to see you. Can maybe we just do something a little bit later? Like maybe I'll, we, we can meet some more eight and see some music. And I was like, sure, that's fine. Like I'm laid back. I don't have other plans. And then he texts me like around six and he's like, so we stopped for Mexican food, but I still really want to see you. Can we maybe push it back to like 10 or 11? And I'm like, Mm-mm, no, sir. And just was like, no, that's okay. Maybe another time. Anyway, when he finally got home, he called me immediately and was really sweet and he apologized and he made me laugh. He just has been really goofy about, I don't even know, but it was, it was fun and it was Memorial Day weekend. And so I said something about wanting to sleep in on Memorial Day and like a creep. He was like, yeah, but I bet you won't. And I was like, what? Ew, you don't know me. Kay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Okay. Uh -huh. um, but I was like, that's such a bizarre thing to say to a stranger, you weirdo. But sure enough, Monday morning, Memorial Day rolls around and I wake up like at my normal time as if I'm going to work. And the first thing I think of was that kid's not going to be right. <laughs> and so I try to go back to sleep and I can't. And so I text him like 30 minutes later and I say, take me to brunch. And now we're married. <laughs> I feel like all the girls listening just like wrote down 17 things. Yeah, like, take me to brunch. It's so many things in there that I feel like are so good. Like if it doesn't go swimmingly at first, that's okay. You just, you totally. have no idea. So it's funny because I never connected Jesse's postponing of your first date to Carl's postponing of our first date. Oh my gosh, this story. So Carl and I worked at a missions organization in Georgia. That's how we met. And on my very first day of work, I walked in and was so like stressed out about all that was going on, moving to a new place, starting a new job. I couldn't remember anyone's name. The only thing I remember about meeting Carl for the first time is that he was wearing mustard yellow pants. <laughs> it was like the middle of September. It's a good color he, on him. It's a great color on yeah. him. Yeah. So that was like my only memory of him. Couldn't remember his name. My second impression of Carl was that he was very intimidating because Carl's really smart and he also, I think, was intentionally trying to be a little intimidating because I was the new girl in the office. And so I remember sitting at his desk and my job for the first couple of days was to go around and get to know everyone's job and what they, what they do. And I remember sitting at his desk with my back, like pin straight, like trying to think of all the impressive words that I knew and, and trying to go through my resume and trying to impress this guy, just pr totally professionally, just trying to like prove to him that I could hang and feeling like I totally couldn't. And so Carl and I like, were not a thing for the first month that we worked together. Um, and it wasn't until there's this whole story. He actually tells it in the podcast episode we did together. We'll link to it in the show notes, but we ended up, he saw me speak one time and that's when I think I kind of I caught his eye for the first time. And and so I ended up giving him my number, which I didn't do on purpose. I wasn't trying to like slide it across. I just, I think I wanted to, I was going to tell him something later or something like that. Anyway, I ended up putting my number in his phone and 
later that day, he started texting me and and we were kind of texting a little bit. And I'm thinking, what is happening here? Like, there's no way Carl is into me. I mean, I wasn't, it totally was not, it not, had not crossed my mind. I was just trying to make him think I was smart and belonged on the team. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so then at some point we're like flirting a little bit more and we're still texting and he went to school in Atlanta and, you know, we lived close to Atlanta and Italian food's my favorite kind of food. And so I think I asked him for a restaurant recommendation and he said, um, well, I'm not going to tell you, but I'll show you. And I was like, what? (laughs) What just happened? And I'm freaking out. And I'm like, can I date him? Is this a date? Is this what's happening? Well, anyway, so he ends up officially asking me out, not to Italian food, but Georgia Tech's homecoming football game was the following Saturday. So he asked me out and that was going to be our first date. Well, then the next day, which was Monday, he said, do you want to hang out tonight? And I was like, okay. Well, so he's like, I'll come pick you up at something like, you know, 7.30 7.30 or something like that. Well, it's like 7, and he says, hey, I'm going to be a little bit late, and postpones me until like 10.45. Oh, and I'm like, maybe like 10.30, and I'm like, if it gets to 10.45 and he has not shown up my door, I'm out. Like, I'm not playing this game. No. And I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't have other plans. It was, you know, we were just going to hang out for a little bit, so I I pushed it back pretty far, but I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not playing this game. Well, so he ends up showing up with like three minutes to spare <laughs> and he had a, a totally legitimate excuse for why he was late, but he ended up taking me to, we went through like the Dunkin' Donuts drive through to get some hot chocolate. Oh, it was the fall. I know, I know. Uh, cause it was late at night. It was like yeah. the only thing open and, um, it was fall. So mm-hmm. it was like kind of this crisp fall night. So we got hot chocolate and then he took me to, we lived on a lake and he took me to this like spot down by the lake that was like his favorite spot to just think and pray and be with Jesus. And, and it was gorgeous. So we're sitting down by this lake at night, drinking hot chocolate and talking. And two things about that. One, I didn't come away from that being like, oh my gosh, I just met my husband. I came away from that thinking, Carl's is different than I thought he is. Like yeah. he's, there's more to him than I initially saw. I'm intrigued. I could maybe go out with him again. The second thing that I didn't think until later was that's a creepy first date. Like he took me like <laughs> into the middle of the woods in the yeah. middle of the night and I didn't know him at all. I mean, I, I did sort of know sure. him, but, but we ended up hanging out that night and then the next night and the next night and the next night and the next night. And by the time the football game came around, um, it was like our fifth date and I was like, had like heart eyes like crazy yeah. for him. So okay, but you have to tell them quickly, probably what he was doing. Oh yeah, when he was holding you up. So there was a girl that we also worked with who Carl had been friends with for a long time, and I think that he—I don't know if he knew that she had feelings for him or if he suspected she had feelings for him. But either way, he—I think wanted to be really careful with her and intentional with me. And so he actually went over to her house and just had a conversation with her and said, Hey, like, I want you to know, I really value you as a friend, but I just see us as friends. And apparently like she, she did have feelings for him. So they had to kind of talk through that. And he wanted to just make sure that everything was like free and clear and, and set up for, for him to be able to pursue me, which is a really cool thing. I have so much respect for that move. I, it was so good. good. So he looked really shady, but what he was doing was actually the opposite. Very honorable. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really good. So I, I love the fact that even with our husbands, the first date was sort of awkward and terrible and weird. Um, and I feel like that's, just true. Like dating in general, we have no idea what we're getting into. It's totally a roll of the dice. It's (laughs) awkward. It's nerve wracking. It's, you feel like you're on the spot. You're, there are just a hundred things that can go wrong. And so I think that for all of us, maybe minus you, dating (laughs) is so 
intimidating. And so Carly, because you are so good at this, because you are so good with people and so charming and because you've had practice with those 17 dates specifically, <laughs> I'm going to just pick your brain like crazy on all things first date. Are Let's you ready? Go. I'm, I am ready. Okay. So to start off with, in your opinion, what is the purpose of a first date? Like we, there's this, this Christian phrase that's kind of swirled around and we've talked about this in a, in a different podcast a little bit, but like this idea that you need to date with the purpose of marriage mm-hmm. or date intentionally. And I've heard a lot of girls, you know, I have conversations with lots of girls who are single and dating all the time. And a lot of them, I'll hear them say like, I don't see a future with him. Could this guy be my husband? I don't know. So therefore I'm not going to say yes to this date. Yeah. Are we only supposed to be going on dates with people that we could see ourselves marrying or like, what is the purpose of a date? This question is simultaneously so big and complicated and so simple. So let's do the complicated bit first. Okay. Should we only be going on dates with people we see ourselves marrying? How in the world are you supposed to know that? <laughs> How? Yeah. It's a it's broken logic. I think that there is something to be said. Yes, you should only be in relationships, like real relationships with people who, with the information that you have at the moment, you could see yourself being with with the information you have at the moment. Like you can't possibly, if you know everything about a person before you go on a date, then you're probably already dating the person. Spoiler alert. Or so, you did so much stalking. The first date's going to be really awkward yeah, you because gotta, anything they tell you, you're going to be like, yeah, I know. You have to like act the whole time, navigate yeah. the landmines of all the information you already have. Yes. No, I think, I think that that mentality of feeling like you need to know something secret about your future with this person before you say yes to even a first date, I think that's really honestly dangerous and kind of scary to think about. And so I think that the purpose of dating really is impacted by your understanding of the purpose of marriage. And that's really impacted by your understanding of God, which I get is super, super macro. But here's what I mean by that. If you believe that God has a very specific linear plan for your life. And you believe that he has one person out there hidden away. um, And he is the only person you can marry. And dating is your only tool to find that person. Then dating becomes a hunt. Like I said earlier, it's stressful. It takes all of the joy out of it and replaces it with just magnified pressure on every single level because you can't, you're not supposed to leave people on and you're not supposed to date people you couldn't marry. And so what if you make a mistake and it just gets so convoluted and scary and high pressure and it makes a million percent sense why it's hard. And like I said, that is insight hard won by experience. Like my time when I moved down here was I feel like a gift and a redemption from the Lord in a lot of ways because I dated so badly before before that. It took me a while because what I had to learn was God is good and he is generous and he is bigger than any one linear plan. And he's designed us with wisdom and free will and communities to seek his face together. And that can look so many different ways. And so with that in mind, knowing God is good and has his best for us at all times and understanding that marriage isn't a prize or an end goal or like a big Easter egg with the 20 that your uncle always hid somewhere every (laughs) year. And if you didn't get the 20, you were stuck with like a Hershey's kiss again. Like Mm -hmm. that's not marriage. Marriage is a commitment that you could make with 
any one of a number of really great and godly men and have a productive, Jesus-filled, happy, loving life. That's marriage. It's a commitment that you choose with the person. And so with that in mind, dating becomes fun again, I think. It becomes simple because a first date, it's literally just getting to know somebody. It's exactly like you mentioned with Carl. Like you walked away saying, he's not what I thought he was like. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Brilliant first date, right? Yep. Same with Jesse. Like uh, he's in the engineering field. And I was like, I understand engineers. I intimidate all of them. And like thought, I'm like, I got this guy pegged wrong. Mm-hmm. He surprised me. And I just walked away thinking, well, that was interesting. Huh. And there were no butterflies in as much as thinking, I mean, there were butterflies, but not like, oh my gosh, I just met my future husband. Like, that- Yeah, I thought I was going to know. I didn't know. Jesse did. Jesse did. He texted his buddy. He still has a picture of the text too. He said, hey guy, I think I'm at the girl of my dreams today. Oh my gosh. But I didn't. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about me. So So anyway, I I think the goal of dating is to meet people and to learn about yourself in the process. You're not using people to learn about yourself, to be very clear, but you're just getting to know some options. Yeah. I think that I've talked to a lot of women who don't really want to date or don't want to be in more than one relationship because they don't want to get their heart broken. They just would rather meet one person and date that one person and then get married. And that's awesome. And, and I see that I totally understand that desire because there's so much heartbreak that doesn't have to happen if, if that's the case. And for every one in a million people, that's their story. But I think that even that story, there's some downsides to it. And I think that that is that dating is practice for marriage. Like being in relationships is practice for marriage. That's how we learn how to be connected with people. And, and, you know, you, friendship is also great preparation for marriage and our family relationships and stuff too. But being in a relationship, that's how you figure out how to connect with another person in a romantic way. That's how you figure out what you're looking for in a relationship. Um, I feel like I was able to recognize something good in Carl pretty quickly because I had dated. I knew what didn't work for me. Exactly. And I feel like, so going on, going on dating, and connecting with different people is practice for being in a relationship. Being in a relationship, even if it's with a couple different people, is really good practice and preparation for marriage. Absolutely. And when we skip those things, like you need to learn those lessons regardless. And so if you do it with just one person, there's still going to be struggle and, and yeah. awkwardness and trying to figure it out no matter no matter what your story is. And so I think that there's just there's a lot of benefit to to dating. Well, and I think too, especially when you're a little bit younger and trying to figure out what you want out of life, it feels really like you've got to find the balance between the extremes of being like, this is my laundry list of 47 characteristics in a future husband. And I will not budge on anything, especially the abdomen area. Like that's (laughs) not a real list, right? Eight pack, not six. Exactly. What? (laughs) But it is valid to have criteria beyond he loves Jesus. And you need, and it takes dating and relationships to figure out what really is important to you. Yeah. So like the guy I referenced who I was dating in Grand Rapids, like I said, I have the most utmost respect for this man. Like he literally, he was a teacher for orphans in Africa. Like Mm. literally (laughs) I'd walk out to my car on a snowy morning and there'd be a handcrafted latte and love letter. Like, are you like, what a gem. Incredible. But we just had really different visions of what a life would look like. Yeah. You know, he he was content to stay in his hometown and I didn't want to do that. Like that doesn't make either of us right or wrong or better or lesser. Just, it's just different and they're not compatible. Of course we could have fallen in love and that could have changed. And I could have been very happy there. He would have left with me, but like 
that's not the point is, is it was a choice and it was a choice I got to make Yeah, and we're both happily married to different people now. And it's yeah. really positive. Yeah. And I don't think, I hope I look back on that relationship and think I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Not, Oh, what a waste of my time and my heart. Yeah. It's never occurred to me to think that was a waste. Yeah. I like that. So if we're going to see dating as more of a fun thing, as like Mm -hmm. getting to know people, as, you know, connecting to different people, it's funny. Um, my best friend, Michelle, who you've met went on a date with a guy for a while. She went on a couple dates with him and after a while just was like, I don't know if if, it just feels like there's not a romantic connection there, but we would be really great friends. They're best friends, like actually turned into friends. They were, I think that he, he was like an usher at her wedding. She was like, (laughs) she might've been at like she might've been something in their wedding. Like they're dear friends now. They're both married to different people. And so it's like, it's, it's not even just about, there are all kinds of things that can happen when you get to know different people. But so, so Carly, if this is going to be a fun thing, what's your advice when it comes to people asking you out? Like if someone asks you out on a date, do you say yes? How do you decide? Mm -hmm. What's the bar? What's the criteria? So I am for casting a very wide net. Okay. I'm for it. I don't think that makes you anything other than open to opportunity. Yeah. I feel like as women, we often are like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think if I'm going on all these first dates? Like, are they going to think I'm skanky? Do they think I'm doing more than just going on dates with the people? And no, you're just, you are opening yourself up to be available to opportunities. And that's true in dating and friendships and career. Like I am forecasting a wide net, especially in the beginning of something. I've gone on dozens and dozens of first dates in my life and then just, you know, significantly fewer second dates. And I've had just a very small handful of what I'd consider real relationships before Jesse. That's a really healthy ratio, I think. Yeah. So with that in mind, I mean, you have to have, like I said, a checklist of some sort. It's not wrong to have criteria. And I think who you say yes to should be, you should have a very basic kind of gut check level he hits all of these marks. So I'm open to having a conversation with him. And the first one is obviously, does he love Jesus? Like you want somebody who has a faith of his own. Does he have a sense of humor? Is he driven? Like those are two things that matter deeply to me. And that's information that you can't, you can't know the depth of it before you go on a date with him. I'm not saying you should, but from the information that you have and how he's portraying himself, is he at your speed And is he driven? Like, does he work hard? Does he have a job? Like, again, I think as women, it's really easy for us to be like, well, he's just, he's finding himself. No, girlfriend. No, (laughs) no. Don't date people without jobs. Like, come on. (laughs) Been there, done that. My mom made me write on paper once. I will not date any more musicians. That's hilarious. You know, it's fine. So like, again, you need to be living compatible lives, right? So like, if your career is important to you, it should be comparable there. And then lastly, am I attracted to him? And again, not like, oh my gosh, do I want to do everything right away? That's not a great idea anyway. But like just straight up, is he unattractive to me? No. Okay. Let's give it a shot because you never know how somebody can grow in that area when you meet him. So if you're like, if you're dating on hinge, like how much of that information can you actually find out? I feel like, I feel like it's a pretty quick, what's the word when you skim, when you skim it, because here's the thing you both swiped. So there's something about your picture and your profile combination. That's like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a very basic gut check. That's all you're looking for. Oh, that's interesting. And then 
see, you read a little bit more about it. Oh, is he still in school? I'm not in school anymore. That's a different lifestyle. I don't think this is going to be a great fit. Yep. Does his profile say something funny about himself? Or not even like, oh my gosh, LOL. But like, does it show a personality at all? Yeah. And when he messages me or when I message him, is it more than just, what's up? How was your day? Like, is there any level of actual engagement there? Yep. If all of those things check, then go for it. Okay. So that's, it's, I'm glad that I asked because when you first read the list, I was like, shoot, like these things are deep, you know, but it's like the first level is a skim. Second level, you go on a date and you find out more about his job. You find more about uh, his faith, you know, but if it's like you see his profile and it says something, anything about Jesus, you're like, great. If you're not unattracted to him, which there's a point on that. And this is something we actually talk about in my course is like when we're going through our checklist of, of the because we have enormous checklists sometimes. Right, same. It's like, there are things that we need to take off the list. Like, for example, I always thought that I was going to marry someone who was 6'2 and blonde. That yeah. was on my checklist. And I thought that I will not even go on a date with someone who's not 6'2 and blonde. If that was the case, I would not have gone on a date with Carl because Carl has like light bl- or light brown hair and is 5'11. Like, yeah. it's, I never would have gone on a date yeah. with him. And my gosh, what a... Like, do I, am I missing three inches and blonde hair? No, not like, even a little, yeah. not even at all. Yeah. So I think that it's, we need to be attract, especially the word attracted is like, is broader. It's holistic. Yeah. It's not just physical. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean for that like initial checklist to be like <laughs> some arbitrary rule, but that's just, it, it's just, it's, are you interested in, are you interested to learn more? Yeah. That's really, I think where it comes from. And even, you know, we talk a lot about online dating because I did a lot of online dating, but I also got set up with people. And at that point it's like, or I met people, I volunteered in our youth group up in Grand Rapids and I went on dates with a few guys who also worked in the youth group. And that's like, you know, however you meet these people, you should have a certain picture of their lives or the person who's setting you up ideally knows you both a little bit to say like, oh, there's something here that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then it's a question of, do you trust that person? And hopefully you do and give it a shot. And even if it's a weird coworker at Macy's, like whatever, it's a funny story. And I like going back to what you said at the beginning, yeah. it's either like a first date is either something great or a funny story or like, or practice. That's yeah, the other thing. Exactly. Like, exactly. Um, I love that you said like saying yes and how it's not only in dating, but in your career and in friendships and all these different things. Mm-hmm. I actually found this quote today and this guy, I don't know what he do, does now, but at least for a while, he's the executive chairman of Google, which is a big deal. Casual. Me um, too. But he said, yeah, me too. So he says, yes is how you get your first job and your next job and your spouse and even your kids. Even if it's a bit edgy, a bit out of your comfort zone, saying yes means you will do something new, meet someone new and make a difference. Mm. And I love that. I just, that's like, I found that today and I felt like that was, I think, that's, exactly I think that's incredible. And don't get me wrong. Like you can say no, of course you can say no. If somebody's coming on too strong or being really aggressive, or you're just like genuinely like, like I said, like, okay, you're a professional woman and there's a guy who's in his sophomore year of college. Like, no, not the same lifestyle. Not the same. You can say no. Yeah. Casting a wide net does not being, does not mean being indiscriminate. Yeah. It just means ease up a little bit. Yeah. Take a skim level, give it a shot Mm -hmm. and 
And then once you have more information, you can make a better decision. Well, and I feel like, you know, one of the questions that a lot of girls are asking is like, what about a second date? And I feel like the Mm -hmm. whole question in this whole thing is, are you saying, hmm, that's interesting. Like, that's interesting. I'd like to find out more. Yeah. That's the thing that says yes to go on a first date. That's the thing that has you say yes to go on a second date. Like you're not supposed to know if this person's your husband before you know their coffee order or their middle name or how many siblings they have. Like you just need to know if you're interested in, in maybe finding out a little bit more. Yeah. And, And, and I think that's a great point, Stephanie, because you can't find everything out on a first date and you shouldn't try. Like there is a whole timeline for a relationship after that can work to that. But like, I think that it's really important to make a distinction between going on a couple of dates and being in a relationship, like going on two or three dates with somebody does not make you in a relationship. Choosing to be in a relationship makes you in a relationship. Yeah. Does that distinction make sense? Mm-hmm. Like dating's non-committal. It is lighthearted. It should be fun. And it's that, oh, that's interesting. Let's do it again sometime. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the true goal of a first date. It's a very basic level gut check saying, I was right. That is interesting. Let's find out more. Yes. I really like that. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. 
Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. So when you're going on a date, and I want to get like super practical here. Okay. The guy may pick the activity. It depends on the situation. He doesn't always have to. Yeah. But if we, for some reason, are planning the date or if we are giving suggestions or something, do you have ideas of like what makes a good first date and what doesn't? Like what sets us up for success in terms of like activity? Okay. So I might be going against, I don't know, creativity here, but I am all for the convention of like having a drink, whether it's happy hour or coffee or an appetizer or like a meal. I think that honestly, that takes a lot of pressure off because it's a social construct that we all understand. Right. And you kind of know where you are in the process. So it gives you some levers to pull. Like if it's going terribly, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no dessert for me. Thanks. Get the check, please. Mm -hmm. And that way you have sort of an exit strategy. Right. Or you know, if he's trying to go to a second location, you can be like, Oh no, I I actually have plans to meet friends, but it was great to meet you. Or on the other hand, if it's going great, you get to linger a little bit. You get to suggest like, Hey, there's a great ice cream place around the corner. Let's go grab a second piece of dessert or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I understand like dinner in a movie sounds super basic and I wouldn't recommend movies as a first Mm -hmm. date. That's a terrible... No. I don't even like going on to movies now. I'm like the worst. Carl loves going to movies. Yeah. I hate it because I'm like, that's not a date. We didn't even talk to each other. I didn't even, I couldn't even look at you because the movie is in front of me and you're next to me. Like, <laughs> no, I like, hold hands. That's cute, but it's not my favorite date. I like going to movies, but I don't call it a date even. I'm like, so did you want to go see the Avengers again? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah. Get in the car. Yeah. Okay. So then if we're doing a basic first date, like, mm-hmm. and I know that it's different depending on the season and depending on like where you're going or whatever, but do you have any like, outfit tips because that's really (laughs) stressful. Like what do you, just any sort of general, like what do you wear on a, on a date? Not to be super cliche, but like, obviously the first, the first important thing is to be comfortable. Like this is not the moment to wear that skirt that looks great from this angle. And if you sit, you're nervous. Do you know what I mean? Or like, we all have pieces like that. Um, they look, they present better in the closet. Um, and that's fine. They have their place, but like, this is a moment to truly just 
be comfortable. <laughs> and so like, I am like a huge fan of kimonos for that reason. I think I met Jesse in leggings and a tank top with a kimono. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm like showing off my figure just enough that I feel like we're here. Feminine. This is yeah. who I am. But I was covered up and again, not in any sort of legalistic way, but just, I felt comfortable in my skin. Yeah. Maybe it's a, a fun maxi dress in the summer. Like I love that can be kind of casual. Look like you meant to look that way. Yeah. And also it's not a terrible idea to have like a first date uniform. That is genius. Yeah. Like it's really, a first date. Literally there it's, you know, like think through it intentionally and do it once and then just repeat. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like I love a boyfriend jean and a, like a button down Oxford half rolled, like classy, very Duchess Meghan Markle of you, <laughs> but like timeless. I literally just spent like the 45 minutes before you got here pinning Meghan Markle outfits where she's in. You know like, what? That makes sense and, to me. Yeah. 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 It's style. Like, yeah. Huh? Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So what about like, and we're getting, you know, we're specific here. What about transportation to a date, Carly? Like what is, especially in an age where like, if it's guy friend that you've been like serving alongside at church sure, forever, yeah. that's different. But like, if it's online or if it's someone that you, you know, if it's a guy you were set up with by somebody, do you meet there? Do you let him come pick you up? Like, I think my instinct would be to meet there. Oh Is my that- gosh. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. No, I mean, just listen, we all grew up in the era of the internet, right? So like, whereas my mom was terrified, like you can't put your last name on the internet. They'll find you. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, I mean, you know, be smart. We know we, this is a native language to us. We know the smart methods, right? Yeah. Absolutely meet there. Absolutely do something in a very public area. Yeah. And that's just normal. Like nobody, if somebody has a problem with that, then I think you're going to see there's probably some control issues, some aggression, yeah. maybe some trust issues that seem like they're really left over from something that's not your problem. Yeah. Absolutely meet there. And if any, like I said, if anyone has a problem with that, Kind of red flag. Super red flag. Yeah. And I want to point out too, I'm all for the gallantry and the pageantry of like being picked up and come to the front door and flowers. But like you have, just because your first couple of dates aren't that doesn't mean the rest of the relationship isn't. Mm, yeah. Carl opens your door when you get into cars. Jesse does for me. Like when, once we were actually in a relationship, like I'd come home to flowers and champagne on my doorstep and yeah. he brings me coffee every morning. Like there is so much time and space for that. So do not get caught up on that on a first date. Just meet him there. It's fine. Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, okay. So what about, you know, we talked about you're you, keeping first date simple. You're going to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. What do you order? This was stressful <laughs> for me because like I eat more than Carl, like yeah, on a same. regular basis. <laughs> and, and I'm not ashamed of that at yeah. all, but I used to be like, I used to be like, Oh, I should just eat a salad. Thanks. But I'm not a salad girl. I'm yeah. a cheeseburger girl. Yeah. And so like, what do you, what do you do with that? And then also the other thing that was really stressful for me. And especially because I feel like I was dating, like the majority of my time dating, I was so poor. Totally like same. I had no, yeah. Right. And so you feel so bad, like ordering anything on like, yeah. So what do you do price wise? And what do you do? Like food in your teeth wise, or like what's awkward to eat in front of a human. And like, yeah. so, I mean, first of all, order something that sounds good. <laughs> like, don't be limited <laughs> by this idea of like cute foods or like, you know, don't be limited by a salad. I am not a salad girl. I mean, I will say like when on our first day we were at brunch and there was definitely steak and eggs on the menu. And I was like, oh, I want steak and eggs. And I was like, I'm a lady. So I got to scramble. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
But on our second date, I ordered chicken fried chicken that came out on a bed of white cheddar macaroni and cheese and collard greens. And I'm not kidding, the plate they brought this out to me on was like the size of a small car tire. (laughs) And the way Jesse tells this story, he's like, your face, like, he's like, I didn't know you well enough to know, like, if you were like embarrassed, like, oh my gosh, that's too much food. And he goes, but now I know you were thinking challenge accepted. (laughs) And dang straight, son, I crushed that. Dying. I know. <laughs> when Carl told this story on the podcast episode yeah. that he was on, and this is a lie. I maintain this is a lie. So Carl came over to my and Casey's apartment yeah. when we first started. It was before we even started dating. This okay. was like the only time we really hung out outside of work before we went on a real date. Um, and I still, I, Carl was not on my radar. And I don't even think I was on his. I think he was like, he came over because his friend was coming over okay, and he figured yeah. he would tag along. And so he came over to watch the vice presidential debate of all things. Ooh, Why? Rager. Even, I know. So we like, I think they're, cable, I don't know they didn't have a TV or something like that. Yeah. So he came over and I'm sitting there in, and this was really indicative of what he was getting himself into, but I'm sitting in there in like my comfy yoga pants that I did not change out of the kind that like, I'm pretty sure were ripped down at the, the know, hem, you know, yeah. Yeah. a sorority t-shirt. Carly knows the exact pair, um, <laughs> like a sorority t-shirt. And Casey had been making pumpkin pancakes because it was October. <gasps> oh my god! But she I'm got starving. distracted as she was making them, so she made a mountain of pumpkin pancakes. <laughs> and and also we had pumpkin beer, which I don't know. We were just really into the pumpkin thing. So yeah. So Casey was making pancakes for dinner. Not sure why we were drinking pumpkin beer, which is weird with pancakes, but we did it anyway. And then I don't always love syrup on pancakes that have like a flavor to them. I would rather, and this was like my family would always do this, do like a little bit of butter and then like a sprinkling of sugar over it. Oh yeah. So I think that's normal. So I'm doing that. We have, <laughs> and granted our tub of sugar was enormous. It was yeah. one of those like economy kinds, yeah. whatever. We had no money. So it's sitting on the table. There's a mountain of pancakes And I promise you, I had a knife and was using a little bit of butter, putting it on my pancakes, sprinkling sugar, and (laughs) drinking this beer and doing it very daintily. Sure. In Carl's memory, (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking the pancake. I'm taking the pancake. In beer? No, close. I'm wiping it on the. sugar, putting it in my mouth and washing it down with beer, wiping the pancake in sugar. And he tells us on the podcast, oh. and I didn't, I don't know if I got to say, that is a lie. Is we so remember it so funny. differently. Casey promises she remembers it the way I remember it. But either way, in Carl's memory, yeah. this is what he saw, and he thought, interesting. Yeah. I want to find out more yeah, about exactly, this. <laughs> exactly. Well, honestly, Jesse loved that I ordered that and that I ate it, because he's like, I hate taking girls on dates and they order a salad and eat half. Yeah. Like that's a bummer. You don't want to imagine a life of somebody. Like I am so not the kind of, like if you're coming at me and you think we're going to split a smoothie and call it lunch, bye-bye. Like that's not, I'm I'm getting worked up. I need to take a minute. I, that's not an option. So I guess here's my point. Eat something that sounds good. Healthy men enjoy women who enjoy food. The end. Yeah. So it's okay. You know, I, I mean, yeah, I am not probably going to like go to town on a bunch of hot wings in front of people, but it's similar yeah. in, you know, a work environment. I kind of have a forks over fingers motto when it comes to business lunches. So be conscious, like 
be on good behavior, practice nice manners. You want to be charming. You want to be attractive to this person. And I don't know, me personally trying to unhinge my jaw to eat a burger somewhere like is not my best look. I get it. But that doesn't mean I have to pretend to be something I'm not. That makes total sense. Yeah. And I think when it comes to like price, I would just like order on like the lower half, you know, yeah. order like stick to the middle or like be like, Hey, what looks good to you? And then sort of Match gauge him. what he's looking at and yes. then think about that. And always order assuming you'll pay too. I think that kind of keeps you in line. I have a trick to not pay, but, uh, <laughs> I'm, but order honest. with the intention of like, based on where I am right now, would I be comfortable paying for this for myself? Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that'll keep you pretty safe. Another thing I would add to that is when it comes to drinks, I would say like two max. Like, yeah, I think so. Just because, you know, I think sometimes we're like, ah, I'm nervous. Like, Sure, I guess I'll get another one. It depends yeah. on what the situation is, you yeah. know. But I think you drinking more than you feel comfortable. And so that's period. Like yeah. if you are oh, comfortable yeah. having a glass of wine or two, I would say two max. If you're not comfortable with that, don't do any. Do whatever right, makes no. you most comfortable. Yeah. Because adding a whole bunch of alcohol to any situation is not going to make you smoother or like the date more comfortable. It's just it's gonna make yeah. everything messy. Yeah, no, been there, done that. Not the best look. Um, so Carly, tell me about who pays. How does how do like how do you handle that? Because that for me was the most awkward part. Yeah, it's like, weird. Yeah, it's really weird. So like I said, I mean, always go in prepared to pay. And I mean, I, I'm a strong woman. You're a strong woman. I don't know, you know, gender roles and class. It's, it, it, it's, I don't, I, it's hard to talk about and not sound like you're either an antiquated housewife or like an overly liberated whatever. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing. There's still an expectation that men pay for the first date. And a lot of guys I've met and gone out with really take that seriously and they enjoy doing that. That said, I'm not expecting it. And so my process would always go when either when the check came or worse, I think it's worse when the server's like separate checks are together because then you're like, and if that's the case, like give it a beat. If he doesn't say something, just say separate. We'll take them separately. So just get in front of the problem, take control of the situation. If, like give it a beat. So if give he, it a beat, yeah, because you don't want to like, yeah, you don't want him to say like, you don't want to like end the date by you saying exactly or insult him by saying separate. Like wait a sec, and then yeah, say something. Yeah, and I mean we all know that this is coming. So like hopefully he's got some type of wherewithal or plan here. But anyway, or the other. So my so what I was gonna say is my habit was always to. When the check came, I'd reach for my bag and say, do you want to split it? And I meant it. I always meant it genuinely. It wasn't a show. It wasn't, oh, do you want to? Mm-hmm, thank you. I'd reach for my bag, genuinely ask, do you want to split it? And that gives him an opportunity to be like, no, I'll get it. Or he can say, yeah. And then you split it or you let him. And if he says, I'll get it, then I always would have one, are you sure? Just, just out of politeness. And he'd say yes. And I was like, oh, thank you. And I put my bag down and it was done. You don't have to make it a big deal. Just to let him do it. And if he wants to split it, fine. The end. Yeah. Reach. Do you want to split it? Are you sure? Thank you. Mm. Very simple. Really wish we had talked about this like <laughs> a long time ago. This would have really saved me some some stress. So, Cart, when you're sitting at dinner, one of the most awkward things, or like one of the most nerve wracking things, is kind of figuring out what to talk about. Mm. Or, I mean, you're nervous. Like, do you have? People say, you know, be yourself and you're trying to not make it an interview, but you're trying to like find out a little bit more about this person. Do you have some like ideas for how to kind of shake off the nerves and like, 
a place to start when it comes to getting yeah. to know this person? Well, as far as shaking off the nerves, I think that kind of goes back to casting a wide net, right? Think of it of like, if you had a hundred percent of stress for your dating life and you only went on one date, 100% of the stress would live in that date. And then you're going to be really nervous and really keyed up. And it's not, it's going to be hard to have fun. But if you go on like five dates and suddenly that 100% of the stress is split across all five. And so you only have 20% on each one. Suddenly you're more relaxed because you can keep it in the perspective of a first date is a first date is a first date. It is not a marriage proposal. It is not signing a lease to move in together. It's not Thanksgiving with his parents. It is just a quick conversation. And so that's really, that's really important to keep in mind. It's okay. You're fine. Take a deep breath and enjoy yourself. Yeah. With that in mind, I think it's always great to have a couple of, you know, anecdotal stories in your pocket that are kind of proving crowd pleasers, right? (laughs) I think maybe I'm just like overly obnoxious, but I think everybody has to have a couple of those, right? Where you're like, this is a, no, are you giving me a look that says no? No, I'm trying to think of what mine, what mine are. I feel like you've thought about this more like, and that's what I love about this. Like think about it ahead of time. Sure. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't planning a couple of stories or thinking about a couple of questions ahead of time doesn't make it less spontaneous or less romantic. It's just, it's just kind of people skills, honestly. And frankly, those are stories that will translate to meeting friends of a significant other one day or in a work environment or getting to know girlfriends. Like this is not boyfriend specific dating advice. Like just Mm -hmm. having those kind of nuggets in your back pocket is always really helpful. Yeah. And I think asking good questions instead of being like, so tell me about your work or tell me about your job. Instead, you could ask something like, what's really exciting at work right now? Or instead of being like, do you like coffee? Like, tell me about your favorite coffee shop or your favorite brewery. Or like, what's the first time you went there? When you're interested and engaged in somebody's life, it's really attractive. And people like talking about themselves, psychologically speaking. And so Mm -hmm. if you get them talking about themselves, they'll think of you and remember liking how they felt. Yes. Not to say like, it's like, just keep shoving the attention and all of the questions back on them. Ideally you're with somebody once again, who has the wherewithal and the people skills to be like, tell me about what are you excited about work with? But having kind of those little prepared questions and stories that can be really helpful. And knowing that you have those can do a lot to help calm you down. And they don't all have to be, like I said, I want it to be very clear. The first date is not the place to try to mine all of the information about his past failures and his future dreams. Like, yes. nah. So I think it's fun to have some lighthearted stuff. Like I went through a phase where I wanted to know who, what everybody's top five emojis were. Yes. Like their top, do you remember that? I just thought it was funny and it kind of get, takes people off guard and sort of puts everybody at ease a little bit by being just a little bit unexpected. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. Uh, Another question that I feel like Carl's asked this in a whole bunch of like friend gatherings, but it's a real crowd pleaser is what was your, your like either your first email address yes, or, or your like screen name growing up. Yep. Cause they're hilarious. Yeah. Like mine was skater baby 2000 because I was a figure skater. Carly. <sighs> I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. It um, was mall chick of seven. <laughs> see, this is a great question. <laughs> um, so, uh, one other thing on that note, I, you know, a lot of girls have asked, um, cause we took a lot of questions for this. Yeah this conversation, um, a lot of girls asked like, when do I need to find out? Or like, when is an okay time to like talk about my hopes and dreams for the future? And, um, someone had asked like, you know, when should I tell him that like, I really want to be a, like a mom and a wife and a stay at home mom and stuff like that. I think later 
Yes. Later, later, because, you know, you don't need to cram it all in. You don't need to yeah. find out everything. I think that just like, like start small. The whole thing is starting yeah. small. Ask him questions so he can kind of start small. You're just finding out enough to get, to find out if you're interested. He doesn't need to know your whole life plan. You don't need to know his whole life plan. Yeah. You're just taking it one step at a yep. time. And I think that when we do more than that, that's when we tend to come on a little bit too strong. And totally. that's when they come on a little bit too strong. Yeah. So just taking it easy, starting small, find out his coffee order, and then, you know, take it a couple steps deeper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So Carly, if you, two questions here, if you are interested in a guy, what are some ways that you can kind of communicate that without coming on too strong? And then if you're not interested in a guy, how do you, like, what do you do? Do you need to like press the exit button on the date or like the eject button on the date? Or like, what do you, <laughs> how does that go? Okay. So the first question being, if you're interested in a guy that you kind of are getting to know outside of dating and you want to go on a date? No, if you're like on a date with someone, okay. how do you how do you signify or like signal this is going well? I kind of like what's happening here. I mean the same, like show that you're having a good time. I think that's the biggest, biggest deal is really enjoy yourself and let that be clear. You know, we've all seen that stereotypical, like over flirtatious, like hyperactive laughing and lots of like arm touching. And that's, I think that's a big turnoff for a lot of people, Yeah, Um, but just being genuine and engaging, like smile, nod, laugh at his jokes. If they're funny, don't, if they're not <laughs> like, be nice, but whatever. I think it's really natural. If it's, ha- if it's a good time, say it Yeah. when you're saying goodbye, be like, I had a great time tonight. Thank you so much for this. I yeah. think it's really simple and it's really, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be complicated. And if, and if it's the opposite and you're not having a great time, be kind, you know, this is a person and he's putting himself out there the same way you are. And everybody's worth a little bit of your time, right? And you don't have to say, yes, I'll go on another date. You, you're hundred percent within your rights to be like, that was great. It was nice meeting you. I hope you have a great time. Like good luck out there. And it's awkward. It's weird. It doesn't feel great, but it's better to say it then, than to be like, I'll just keep going. It's fine. Yeah. So I guess that's, I mean, if you're not having a good time, like I said, terrible dates are good stories, neutral dates are practice. Be nice. He's a person. He has yeah. a mom who loves him. Yeah. That's okay. You so can get do to, it. Get to the end of the day. Like, yeah. have a good time. Be kind. Get to the end and thank him genuinely for spending yep. time with you. Yep. And if he says, like, we should go out again sometime, you can say, panic, <laughs> 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 run. Yeah. If, like, if he actually says it to your face at the end of the day, that's kind of hard because you don't want to be like, yeah, that'd be nice. But just, I don't know. It's, it's really situational. I mean, just smile. Bye. Um, I didn't hear you. No, I think, I think more often than not, it happens like via text later. Yeah. And that kind of gives you an opportunity to let them down easy. And, and I think, I think it's really important. I think it's really classy not to ghost on people. I always tried really hard to at least send a text being like, Hey, I liked getting to know you a lot. I think I'm going to, I'm going to keep looking or keep going out with other people, but I really hope you find someone you like. Um, and like I said, it's awkward. It's not a normal thing to have to do, but I think it matters. I think it matters a lot. Yeah. So don't ghost, just genuinely tell them that you enjoyed getting to know them. Like you're going to decline a second date, but, but you really wish them the best. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's awkward, but, but I think, but like it should be done quick. 
Yeah. So just do it. Um, so Car, if you get to the end of the night and I'm picturing that, like this whole scene in the movie hitch, I feel like it's like so perfect. So you get to the end of the night. Is there an expectation that you're going to kiss him or I mean that he's going to kiss you? Like, does he need to ask your permission? Do you, is there some sort of signal that like, yes, I want you to kiss me. No, I don't want you to kiss me. Is it weird to kiss on the first date? Like, what do we do about that part? Ooh, fun. (laughs) Um, Okay, I want to start by saying something that I am not, I struggle with arbitrary rules for the sake of having rules because I think that they're a really useful tool to avoid hard conversations. Okay, so what I mean by that is to say I never kiss on a first date. Um, that's fine. If, if, that, if that's truly your heart posture, you don't have to kiss on a first date. That's That's fine. But like, don't not kiss somebody because you think it gives you power moving forward or because you think it makes you morally superior over, I don't know, your girlfriends or him or whatever. I think that it really depends on the situation and kissing someone on a first date is not like a death sentence on a potential relationship. It doesn't mean you started off on a foot fueled by passion and lust. Like that's, it doesn't have to be like that. It can be, it can be low key. That said, I've never regretted waiting to kiss somebody, but I'm also not going to sit here and pretend like I haven't kissed people on the first date because I totally have. Yeah. And it wasn't the end of the world. It was fine. Yeah. So that's kind of, I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Like your, your mentality and your heart posture going into this matter more, I think, than whether you kiss somebody or not. Yeah. Like genuinely check in with yourself, see what you're yeah. comfortable with, see what you want like what you feel like is best for you. It's, there's not a universal rule. Like yeah. there's not, yeah, there's not, there's not a universal right or wrong. And even for one person, there's not a universal right or wrong because every person is, or every situation is different. Every person you go on a date with, the situation yeah. is going to be different. Yeah. And for me, I thought like that from when it was, when that was true of my life, because I totally lived that way for a while, it was about having power and control and feeling like I'm doing it right. I deserve a boyfriend that perpetuates a really scary and unhealthy cycle of understanding who you are and your sexuality and what a relationship looks like. And so that to me is scarier than being a girl who kisses on all of my first dates. Yeah. Okay. So with that caveat out of the way, no, no, it's not, it's not like there's a transaction here. He paid for dinner. You kiss him now. Absolutely not. And that's not. gross. And if anyone asks or acts like that, right. there's no transactional anything. There's nothing. nothing he could do for you that makes you need to do something else for him. Correct. Like period. Correct. If you're like, if you're into it and you want to kiss him, it's like I said, it's, it doesn't have to be this huge, terrifying moment. As far as like signals, I, I feel like there's, you're flirting, right? You're leaning forward across the table and you're smiling and you're touching your hair or he touches your arm a little bit. Like there, there are signals. Of course there are signals. And if you like that, great. And if it's too much, you can, you can slow those signals down. You can sit back in your chair, right? You can be a little bit closer with your body language, right? Like to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like don't, don't be like wildly leaning over the table to like touch his arm as you're telling him a story. Like it's very flirtatious. It's forward. And that's a great tool to use if that's what you're trying to do. But like, you don't have to, I guess is my point. So, and if somebody's trying to kiss you and you don't want to be kissed, I don't like when people ask for my permission. I should say, I didn't like when people used to ask me for my permission. I haven't been in that position in a minute. (laughs) I think it, I think it's kind of awkward and I get, I get that it can be respectful in certain times. Um, but if somebody tries to kiss you and you don't want him to, 
just be like, like I've literally been in a position where somebody came in to try to kiss me and I put my hand on his chest and I let, la- I was nice about it. I laughed and I was like, okay. I kind of like pushed him away. And then he came back and he tried again. And I was just like, did it again a little bit firmer. And I was like, nope. And at that point he was like, oh no. And I was like, no. no. <laughs> yeah. The end. And he didn't try again. Yeah. And then we kind of like had a quick, awkward hug and I left and that was the end of that date. Yeah. Right. That's fine. Yeah. So I think like if you want someone to kiss you, so if maybe it's been a couple of dates, like you're standing a little closer to them, you're like, yeah, touching his arm. You're, you know, like maybe hugging a little bit more. You're, you're being closer and more open with your body language. If you want to shut it down, like we know, like folding your arms is a very clear, like back off, you know, being scooting away from him a little bit, like standing a little bit further away. And, and also like, you know, we're, we're doing, we're talking about this in a way where it's like you at least sort of like this guy, you're not offended by his, by his advances. If you are, or if you feel pressured into something like verbal, no, you may not kiss me. You need to back up. Like stand up for yourself. Yeah, absolutely not. Yes. So Carl, who follows up the next day? What does that look like? If a date went well, if a date went poorly, like what is our expectation for who, like the follow-up after the date? I think it depends on what, how the date went, like what kinds of things you talked about, what your personalities are. I don't think there's one hard and fast, like at 12 hours on the dot, he must text me or he's not interested. It's always, it's always nice to be the one texted first. Of course it is. But if it's the next day and you haven't heard from him, it's not a problem to text him and be like, oh my gosh, I just saw this thing and like call back to something you guys had talked about on your first date. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't, you don't have to be like, so when are we seeing each other again? Like just start the conversation again. Um, that's fine. I obviously it's, I preferred when people texted me first, Yeah. but I wouldn't let that hold me back if I felt like there was something positive there. Yeah. That said, you don't have, if a guy is into you, you won't have to chase him down. He will make it very clear and he will make it a priority to see you. So like our second date actually, I think was like the day after our first and Jesse was flying home to Oregon for several weeks for work. And so our second date was the night before he had to fly out and we went to this concert. Some of his friends were playing and then we like walked along the bridge and it was all really romantic. And anyway, we ended up hanging out until like two in the morning and his flight was at six that morning. And so the dude didn't even like go to sleep. He just went inside and packed and like got to the airport early. And then he was gone for three weeks. And I was like, gosh, that was, those were some really fun dates. He seemed like a really nice guy, but I know how this goes and I'm not going to hear from him and I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket. Right. That feels like I'm putting too much pressure on something that doesn't have the foundation to support it. Yeah. So I kept going out with other people. Like I was going on all these other first dates. I dated this other guy for like a couple times and he was fun, but through it all, Jesse stayed so at the top of my mind because he kept he would text and he'd call and he'd FaceTime and he hit that balance between being like really assertive and not like obsessive or aggressive. Mm-hmm. It was such an ongoing conversation. And then the day he flew back, I picked him up from the airport and I never went on a date with anybody else ever again <laughs> because it doesn't need to be this first he texts me and then I text him and then maybe he'll call and I can't call unless he calls me first. Like, no, be cool. Like be normal. Approach this. Like he's somebody that you're going to be a friend to. I really like that. I like the, just the, the lack of pressure on that. Yeah. 
Cara, I feel like kind of, I want to get one last just bit of encouragement from you after this, but the last question I have for you is if you don't hear from a guy Mm -hmm. or if the date doesn't go well, or if you feel like you weren't super interested, but you decided to give it another try and go on a second date, but then he didn't ask you, like there are just all these moments where I feel like even at first we can just feel pretty let down or pretty rejected. And, and I mean, even, you know, we, this is something we talk about actually a lot in my course that our batting average is really bad when it comes to dating. Like out of even those 17 first dates you went on, you went on probably like a couple second dates yeah. and one of them turned out to be your husband, but that's one out of 17. And that's like, you had dated before that, you know, it's not. So if depending on how you look at it, that's a lot of either rejection for them rejecting you, or it's you being disappointed that you had all this hope for maybe what this guy would be and he wasn't, you know? So it's like, that's 16 duds and one great one. How do we, how do we keep going? How do we keep from getting discouraged? Well, I think it's not, it's not a sprint. First of all, like I moved down here and signed up for hinge, but I'd been on online dating sites two or three times before in Michigan. And I used to say like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I called it, um, an Ivy drip of rejection. Yeah. Because it felt like just constant, like every time I didn't have a message or every time I thought, Oh my gosh, this guy seems perfect. And I never heard back. Like those to me were harder than going on a date with somebody and being like, yeah, that wasn't right. Yeah. And I think it's really important to be honest, to check in with yourself and be like, is it, am I enjoying this? No, then I'm not going to do it anymore Yeah, for a minute. I'm not going to write it off forever. I'm not going to say like, this is stupid and nobody, it's not fair. And that's not, that's not a healthy mentality. I mean, of course I did that at different times, but that's not, that's not the most idealized way. So I guess, I guess what I would say is if it feels hard, stop for a while because there's no pressure. There's no timeline. You're okay. There are so many options. You have so much of your life ahead of you. There are so many people you've never met before. It's going to be okay. And if this feels like trying to shove your foot into a shoe that's too small right now, then just stop. It's okay. And if you are in the phase where you're still, you're just giving it goes. And I think that, that the casting the wide net idea helps to keep it clear that the first date or the second date, it's not a relationship. You haven't promised each other anything. It's very low risk. And so it should be low impact. That's the goal. I think that doesn't always, it doesn't always feel that way, but in the grand scheme of things, that is that's the goal. And so I guess working really hard to keep that perspective, but just know God is good. And even if you don't get married or meet somebody that you like for 10 years, you probably have 50 more years after that. So like in the grand scheme of things, 10 out of the forever 60 years you've got moving forward, like that's nothing. Live well, do fun stuff, make great friends, eat good food, have adventures. Like you are not defined by who you're dating or who you're not dating or anything like that. And that's not to minimize like how hard it can be to go to all of the weddings and be single or suddenly your friends get on the baby train and then it's a whole nother level (laughs) of like, wait, what now? And it does get lonely. Like I get it. Yeah, I get it, but it's okay. It's okay. So just keep your chin up, babe, get out there, give it a shot, try it. You might like it. Like (laughs) it's fun. It's fun. If you can let it be fun. Yeah. 
And that's really special. It's a special season. I love it. Kari, thank you so much for being here. I love you. Thank this you for having so me. so fun. And now we're going to go get dinner and have our own girls night. Starving. Okay. okay. <laughs> I need chicken fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thanks, friend. Guys, isn't Carly amazing? I just love her. And I died laughing so many times during our conversation. And I'm still thinking about so many of the wise and profound things she said. I am so glad you got to meet her. So friends, before we finish up, I have some news for you. And I am so excited to tell you about it. So you guys may have noticed that a few times throughout my conversation with Carly, I mentioned my online course, Love Your Single Life. It's an online course I teach twice a year, and I am so excited to tell you that registration is opening up in just a few days. Registration opens up on September 10th, and I would love for you to join us. What's the course about? So glad you asked. In this course, we talk about how to fill this season with joy and contentment, how to use the season to become the woman you've always wanted to be, and how that's the very best way to set ourselves up for amazing relationships. I'll be sharing a powerful tool for building confidence, which also happens to be our dating secret sauce. We'll be talking about ways of investing in our friendships, our relationship with God and ourselves that will make our lives better, more meaningful, and more fun. We'll talk about how to find good quality men to date, even when it feels like all the good ones are taken. I promise they're not. We'll talk about how to be proactive about meeting guys while still being pursued, how to keep ourselves out of the friend zone. We'll be talking about what to do with our sex drives while we're single because... Unfortunately, they don't wait until we're married to show up, right? And that is just the beginning. One of the amazing women who joined us for the course last time had this to say about it, and I'm going to try not to tear up as I read this because I love her words. Her name's Melissa, and she said, Stephanie, thank you. I wish I could hug you a million times over. You have no idea what Love Your Single Life did for me. Just about a year later, I'm newly dating the most amazing guy, but I don't for a second wish he'd come into my life any sooner. Last year was the best year of my life as far as finding purpose and living fully, and I credit so much of that to you. I mean it. Thank you. Don't you love that? Guys, that gives me chills. Friends, if this sounds like it's up your alley, head to loveyoursinglelife.com, and you can learn more about the course there, and starting on September 10th, you can sign up there too. But make sure to mark your calendars because registration is only open from September 10th to September 14th, and then after that, it'll be closed for the rest of the year. The other thing I want to mention is that spots for the course are limited, and last time I taught it, we totally sold out. So if you know that this is something you want to do, make sure you sign up early. Now, one other thing is that I know that some of you may be listening to this episode outside of that window of time, in a totally different time of the year, and that is completely fine. If you go to loveyoursinglelife.com, you can still check out the course, and if registration isn't open, you can go ahead and put your name on the waiting list, and I'll let you know the next time it opens up. But... Guys, if you're listening to this in real time, make sure to mark your calendar because registration is only open for a few days and I would hate for you to miss it. Okay, last thing. I know that Carly and I talked about a lot in today's episode. And so if you ever want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com slash blog. And for every episode, we have a blog post with the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talked about, including a link for Carly's Instagram profile so that you guys can follow her and so y'all can be friends. Okay, guys, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much again for joining us for Girls' Night and make sure to tune in next week. We have such fun episodes coming up this season. I'll see you then.